0: Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires Limitless possibilities. The Limitless podcast was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community that show that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marcelet. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast.
1: I'm your host, Sean Marsolet. Thank you for joining us again this week. It is back to school, and we're talking about education assistance when you are blind or partially sighted. And I've got some co-hosts today. We have Jill, Acacia, and Nolan. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hello. Thank you. Yeah. thank you. Thanks for being here. So uh, some of you haven't been here a whole lot and one of you has, but why don't <laughs> we uh, <laughs> uh, have you introduce yourselves, remind our listeners a little bit about your vision and why you wanted to talk about this topic. Jill, why don't you start us off?
2: Sure. Um, so I'm Jill. I, um, I have retinopathy of prematurity. So I used to be low vision. Now I'm fully blind. Um, and I'm just interested in like kind of talking about this topic because I've had a wide range of EAs, um, both good and bad and in between stories. So I just, I thought it'd be kind of like an interesting perspective. Mm -hmm.
1: And you have that experience of low vision and
2: total blindness. Yes. Yeah. And I've had EAs in both, like both situations. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thank you.
3: Um, so I'm Acacia. I have low vision, so I have trouble with distance, detail, um, glare, low contrast, that kind of thing. So um I wanted to talk about this because as a person with low vision, um I had a shared EA and like it sort of what they did sort of changed as I got older and I found it I thought it worked for me quite well and it was altogether quite a successful way that they dealt with it.
1: Okay. So we'll hear more about that shortly. And Nolan.
4: Yeah. Hi, I'm Nolan. Um, I have, I'm pretty much completely blind. I can see a little bit of light and sort of like outlines of things, but not like enough. And the reason I wanted to talk about this, well, I've had all sorts of experiences with EAs and They've been quite uh, mixed, I guess you could say. I just wanted to share some of my stories. Well, like I'm not going to be saying anyone's names (laughs) because they might listen to this.
1: (laughs) We hope they do. We want listeners. So no. (laughs)
4: yeah,
1: (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So maybe we should start by explaining if there is anybody listening that doesn't know what an EA or an education assistant is. Uh, Does one of you want to explain what they do?
4: Um, Basically, they just, if there's anyone who needs help, if they have extra learning difficulties or anything that makes them need other accommodations, then the EAs are there to basically provide that and sort of help them through their classes without too much extra difficulty.
1: So um I guess I sh- I could also add in my my experience so going through high school I had an EA only in home ec in grade mm-hmm. 8 um for cooking and sewing mostly for, I needed her for sewing I didn't really need her for cooking cuz I had a partner but um and then uh, computer class for some reason <laughs> I-, I don't know why I needed an EA <laughs> it seems interesting <laughs> I think they thought I wouldn't be able to read the computer and Um, I wasn't using assistive technology at that point. uh, Um, so maybe that's why it makes
4: more sense. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, and then she was also in my PE class, but I was in a PE class that they sort of lumped all the students with disabilities from grade Mm. eight to 10 Mm. together. And I, I don't think she was assisting me in that class, but she was there as well. Same person, always the same person. And, uh, I really didn't want an EA. So I think that there's a bit of a misconception. I know, Well, not a misconception. I think that parents of blind children are often advocating for EA, 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 like, please, 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 my, my kid needs one. And I thought it would be really good for those parents to hear the perspective of those of us who maybe had one, um, or didn't, or shared one or whatever, whether it was good or not, um, what worked and what didn't. So for me being a stubborn teen that did not want to accept my visual impairment, I did not want an adult sitting beside me in class. Uh, but we'll get there. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. So Nolan, you're totally blind. Um, do you have a list as well as an EA or is it the same I, person?
4: I do. I have Braillist I have a list as well as multiple EAs across different classes.
1: Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So yeah. not your EAs don't necessarily know Braille then?
4: No. The Braillist, the Braille transcriber is the only one actually, aside from myself in my entire school who does. Okay. Mm. And
1: uh, I'm just curious, how can an EA that's maybe supporting you in an academic class like science or social studies help you if they don't know braille can you explain how they would support you
4: well there are a couple of different answers to that my braille transcriber likes to attach printed copies to the back of the braille sheets and print the title on the on the braille as well so the ea can see what
5: mm-hmm.
4: worksheets what the worksheets are worksheets are always kept in my classes so the ea can just like sort of get them and then i can do the work and then also if there's like if there are diagrams or something that they need to go over it's not always going to be that easy and i might need a bit of extra help understanding those Mm
5: -hmm.
4: also sometimes the class will watch videos and documentaries and the EA will be there to help um, kind of describe what's going on on the screen.
1: Okay. So Acacia, do you want to explain a little bit about how this shared EA worked for you? How did, how did that work?
3: Yeah. So um, I had a shared EA, like, I never had one that was just for me, like sometimes with another student, and then as I get older, sometimes with a couple other students. Um, and because, like, you know, I have low vision and I didn't need stuff all the time. And neither did the other student I was sharing an EA with. They were able to, like, help me and help that student. And then also, like, if there were any other kids in the class that needed help, since um neither of us needed their attention all the time. So that worked quite well. And then as I got older... um. I sort of started having an EA around less. Like in middle school, I shared one with more students. And then in high school, I only had one with a couple classes. And that sort of helped me to gain independence over time. Mm-hmm. So that by the time I didn't have an EA anymore, I didn't really need one.
1: And Jill, what tell us about your situation.
2: Yeah, especially because I was low vision and then mm-hmm. went to totally blind. It was interesting progression. Because um, when I was low vision... I only really needed the EA um, to, like, because I couldn't read regular print. So, they had to, uh, again, large all the worksheets and everything. Um, and, like, I, I had a harder time keeping up with, like, if we, the class was reading, I don't know, like, through the worksheet or reading through the textbook, they would help me keep up if I couldn't quite figure out where we were on the page or, like, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, But it was mostly, or if, like, we were taking notes on the board, the The EA would help me – like, I had a little, like, CCTV thing, so I could, like, point at the the board and I'd take the notes. But by the time I'd write the notes, they were all way past me. So the EA would eventually just help me take the notes um, because I just – I couldn't keep up with certain things like that. Mm -hmm. And the only – so she was great because kind of like um, Acacia, I didn't share her with any other students technically – I don't know why I didn't because I honestly didn't need her full time except for any of the visual stuff or like low vision, you know, enlarging stuff basically. Um, But she would go around and like help other students in my class if needed. Um, But the fun thing is she'd always let me go with her to like the photocopy room and I got to press the big green button to to scan it it's always <laughs> super fun um I love that part but the weird thing about what they did for me in elementary school especially was at recess and lunch like whenever we get to go outside the, I had to have an EA with me at all times which thoroughly made me quite mad because nobody wanted to go come and play with the kid who had a teacher following them around mm-hmm. um, and I didn't need it they were because there was always the risk that if I hit my head I'd like have retinal detachment right um I ironically I did later on but that wasn't because of that (laughs) um (laughs) but but after I think I was like maybe that was up until maybe grade four grade five and then I think I just got fed up enough with it and talked to my mom and she made it where I didn't need the EA at like recess or anything anymore um and then when I got to high school because I I had um an EA as well in middle school but mostly just for math um 'Cause again I couldn't see the board and she had to help like they had to help me they we only had we had like our own little whiteboard at the table so she could write mm. on my little board so I could see what was happening on the actual like big board. Um but then when high school came around and I lost like the remaining sight, that's when I really needed an EA because I was that weird like middle ground where I could no longer read large print, but I they didn't teach me Braille. Mm-hmm. Um so like how do I do anything at this point um so especially in math class like we had basically cookie sheets with magnetic letters numbers and symbols and that's how I did math um so I needed the EA to help like set up all the like the formulas and stuff like that it was so chaotic it worked oddly well but it was the weirdest thing ever um and then it's kind of similar to you I had them in like home ec or what we call it foods class um I didn't really need her in there but they were scared of the blind kid with a stove basically
1: Mm yeah Um, knives stoves yeah right
2: (laughs) anything sharp and pointy um (laughs) but then like as I and the kind of similar to Nolan where they they would describe like if we were watching a movie in class or a documentary or something um but that I had a certain EA where her and I did not get along at all in high school because she was um she was trying to help too much and I was adjusting to being fully blind so it took me longer to, like, navigate the hallways or find my classroom or, like, you know, just mm-hmm. follow along on my computer or whatever it was. And she was very um, – I think she was really worried that I would get behind or that I think she thought that I was a bad student because I wasn't keeping up as well. But it wasn't because I was actually a bad student. I was just – it took me longer to figure things out. So she was very pushy. I'm going to say pushy. That might be a little too harsh for a word. But, um her and I got in a few arguments over like I need you to give me more time and it was just a whole it's very chaotic mm-hmm. um and then when I got to university um university I don't know if all universities have this but SFU does where we can get um we call them access aids um so they typically are like a volunteer student or I guess they get paid for it actually sorry but there's students who like sign up and they help you with anything at least in my case anything visual within the class so, like, if there's images on the PowerPoint slides or, um, you know, I'm having trouble navigating, like, the school's library online or so anything like that, they're hired to help me without a university. Um, so, I've had EAs all through my education in very mm. different ways, which has been interesting. But,
1: yeah. It's interesting Um the whole idea of the EA helping other students in the class. I've heard parents say that this is happening and it's really upsetting to them that EA is paid to spend time with my child. They shouldn't be helping other kids. But in my experience with, with sewing, my EA, who I didn't want, remember, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> was helping other kids, and it was great because the other kids hadn't really figured out that she belonged to me, that she was there because mm-hmm. of me, and it it sort of normalized the needing help for me because other people who didn't have a disability needed help too, threading a needle through the sewing machine, or you know their their thread is tangled or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, that was. It was actually really great for the first couple of weeks until the teacher kind of put an end to it because oh. um, they yeah. just felt like she was supposed to be there for me and not for everyone else so they kind Ooh. of told the class. What so yeah, here for Sean? I think uh, like, oh man that was yeah.
3: <laughs> I think part of it is like I don't know if this is a thing anymore cuz I was in elementary school a long time ago. But when I was there like kids that had ADHD and stuff a couple things didn't qualify to actually get an EA, even though there were situations where that would have been like really beneficial to them. Mm-hmm. So the EA in our class just helped those kids too, like, because they didn't have to help us. And so, like, that was just like a positive thing in a totally different way.
1: Yeah. And I imagine if you really needed help, the EA would prioritize. Oh, yeah, you. definitely. Yeah. Totally. Yeah.
4: In my experience, EAs seem to be there to help like if there are multiple kids who have a disability then the EA sort of just goes throughout the class and most of the time tries to work with everyone
1: mm, like an like mm-hmm. a teaching assistant to the teacher
4: yeah. sort of sort of like that except sometimes they will focused a bit more on one person, mm-hmm. but they won't exclusively work with them.
1: So how can you guys talk about how your EA might assist you in a class like PE or music or like something that's a little bit more, I guess, hands-on um, Nolan, did you, do you have an EA or how does your EA, do you have an EA and PE?
4: I do. Yeah. I don't have, I don't currently have PE this semester in school okay and every year it's a bit different how it works depending on the teacher most of the time there was a mini gym that you could lift weights and do workouts and stuff in that i would go to whenever they did games like dodgeball or any sort of ball games Mm Mm-hmm. And the EA would basically be there to supervise me since a kid is not allowed in any room without adult supervision. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So it hasn't changed much. No. <laughs> the whole in the weight room by yourself while everyone else throws a ball around. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Although I, it's honestly not that bad like when the other alternative is dodgeball in my opinion
1: I get it I, I've heard stories yeah. of people whose EAs will take them on a tandem bike ride or go swimming or um you know do go for a run or something like that Acacia did did you need an EA and PE
3: um I'm trying to think it's been so long since I've done PE um I don't think so like I remember in kindergarten the one of the like couple times I remember N I E A overstepping is like she was like running with me and stuff and I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, it's okay, I don't need that. But um I'm trying to think like there were definitely sports like anything with balls yeah. and catching and whatever that like I I struggled with obviously, but um I don't think I had any just, I think How I know that oh I did have an EA um actually it wasn't an EA specifically but they found like brightly colored balls for me and stuff and then I think if like in baseball my EA like I asked if I could just go somewhere else with her because I just it was not safe for me and I didn't want to play baseball yeah but um I don't think they ever like made me do anything differently or anything
1: okay yeah, I remember in elementary school, just following the swarm of kids, I could never see the ball, but I would just run yeah. in the direction that all the other kids were running and <laughs> <Aww>. fake it.
2: <laughs> That's yeah, kind of no. funny. Yeah, I did that too. <laughs> I I don't know. I never, they never, I mean, maybe they should have, but I never had an EA in gym class um, until I got hit in the head with a dodgeball. And then they were like, oh, maybe we should do something a little different for you. And that pretty much meant, okay, go into this gym by yourself. Mm-hmm. And occasionally, like, are there an EA or, like, my one of my – like because usually our gym classes, it was, like, two classes combined. So either, like, an EA or teacher would come, like, you good? Yep. Okay. And then they just walk away. And yeah. I remember finding a tricycle in the storage room because they didn't care what I did. So I found a tricycle and rode it around the gym. And the EA came in yeah. and, like, what are you doing? I'm, like, I found a tricycle. <laughs> I'm still technically moving around and then they just gave me a funny look and walked away um, but that was the only like gym related thing but then when I uh, lost all my vision because at least when my high school the way it was the like, gym class was you had to do gym up until grade 10 I think mm-hmm. um so like when I lost my study grade well grade 9 I was gone for most of school that year so I didn't really worry about gym I think it kind of got a bit of a pass for that one but grade 10 we ended. Up, I ended up getting to do like kind of work experience, and like I did basically gym ten online, mm. with like so like and my EA. I did work experience at like the grocery store with my EA, and like ooh I lifted a twenty four oh. case of water. That's physical. Great, let's write it down. Uh, <laughs> so it was it was super lame, but I got work experience, and it was I don't know it Considered worked out. Physical. yeah 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 like I walked to school. Okay, cool. So it was kind of weird, but yeah, a bit of a stretch.
1: But yeah, yeah, pretty
2: much. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: funny that you got hit by the hit in the head <laughs> yeah. playing dodgeball, yeah. but you had an EA at recess and lunch to I avoid know. hits to the head. The like, irony,
2: yeah, right? <laughs> well, they're like, "Oh, you're fine. You haven't like get hit in the head in the last you know five years of gym class. You're cool." And then like, yeah. "Okay, now I did." <laughs> uh, yeah, it's something.
1: Um, Nolan, do you have? Is your EA with you at recess and lunch?
4: Um, we don't really do recess so much anymore now oh, that yeah, it's you're in high school. high school. Right, But in elementary school, I used to have basically my braille transcriber back in elementary school was the same person for the most part. And it was only when I started getting into, I think, grade eight that that started to change Mm -hmm. she did usually actually accompany me to recess sometimes but then i started socializing and making friends and that happened less mostly just when i was in like kindergarten
1: Mm -hmm. so how do peers respond to an ea i feel like that was that would that would be, that was probably the biggest reason why I didn't want one was my mm. concerns about, is everyone else going to not talk to me? Yep. Jill, you mentioned, yeah. Yeah.
2: I, I definitely found that like whenever, if I had to have an EA in class for whatever reason, um especially when I was like newly fully blind, because um, they were with me all the time for that first, like maybe the first, well, most of grade 10, I guess. Because um, I am like, I have no idea what's happening and no, neither does anyone else. Mm-hmm. But I found um, a lot like, you know, I have like, I guess high school is weird too. Because you like change friend groups and make new friends and all that stuff. But I definitely found that my friends or like classmates, they didn't want to sit with the EA or the teacher. But then mm-hmm. that meant that nobody would be around me and I hated it. Um, but the nice, like the one kind of plus is um, like I have a twin sister. So same grade. So if we happened to have the same class together, she would come sit with me. And then like her friends would end up coming and sitting with us, Mm -hmm. um, which was just her and I are like really close anyways. But like she obviously still didn't have to do that. But she's like, well, why are you sitting? Like you don't need to sit by yourself with a teacher. Like that's boring. Come sit with us and she'll come help you if you need her kind of thing. So like my sister would come grab me and like bring me over to her table, which is kind of cool. I mean, that's a pretty unique situation. But I definitely found that if the EA was with me, like, yeah, nobody w- really wanted to hang out with the teacher or the EA, so they would just kind of go do their own thing and I hated it. I definitely did not like that at all. So
3: mm. I think I was lucky cuz I never had like helicopter parent EA, I guess. Um <laughs> that's a also, great way to like, describe her. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. great. In um early, or sorry, not early, late elementary school and then in middle school, the two EAs I had were like Cool isn't the right word, but, like, you know, they were friendly to the students, and the students talked to them, and they are friendly mm-hmm. to me, and, like, they weren't so, yeah. like, removed from everything, I guess, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, like, and, you know, the other students also appreciated them being there, so I think that was helpful, too, but I also, like, never had to sit with my AA for the most part, so I think that, that made a difference also, like, I mean, like, I did have situations where you know obviously I'd like you know rather be working with other students but like for the most part I think I just got lucky in terms of like having EAs when I was like the ones I remember having like old enough to like kind of care about that stuff that just like kind of got it and Mm -hmm. let me do my thing which was
1: good. It's funny. You're like, well, I don't want to say cool. I mean, an adult can never be cool, but
2: (laughs) you know, but not like like, super uncool. (laughs) (laughs) Like there's still a kind of a teacher level. So there's a certain boundary of like, you're not quite cool, but you're still okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Nolan? How, how is it interacting with the other students when you've got an EA for you?
4: Well, back in elementary school and middle school, My braille transcriber, who has since retired and been replaced, my old braille transcriber, who was also the EA, was very well-liked by most of the students. She was, like, an older lady who was really kind and understanding to everyone. And actually, a lot of my friends would come talk to her about stuff, and she made a point to sort of be very friendly with pretty much everyone
5: Mm. and
4: when me and my friends would eat lunch or anything like that in the braille room she would be there and if we said stuff that was not necessarily school appropriate such as like swear words and stuff she wouldn't really she wouldn't really care so much Mm
5: -hmm.
4: she wouldn't she'd let it go she'd pretty much let it go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Let you be a typical student kid instead of being like the teacher. That's cool. Yeah.
4: She always kept saying, Oh, when I was a kid, I used to do the exact same things. I'm never going to, I remember how much I hated it when teachers told me what not to say and stuff.
1: Right. So what happens when the EA is sick? I feel like, especially oh, sorry, I thought of a good story. <laughs>
2: okay, go
1: for it, Jill.
2: <laughs> sorry. So, um, it was like end of kind of, end of Or no, it was grade ten, and I was like back and forth, um, like out of school a lot for like eye surgeries and checkups and stuff. So my like eyes were very delicate, and like if like pretty much if I got bumped the wrong way, there was a risk of retinal detachment. Mm-hmm. So like super risky, um. So I I got a free pass, te- like, quote-unquote, to – I got to leave class basically, basically, like, five minutes early to walk the halls, like, to go to my next class right. or my locker so I wouldn't get bumped in the hallway.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: And I could always, like, bring a friend with me if I wanted, which they loved, so that was cool. Yeah. But uh, um, especially with the whole, like, I couldn't be bumped, I had to have an EA with me a lot to kind of –
1: Be your bodyguard? Be bu-
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, pretty much, yeah, <laughs> which is, like – it gave me like, you know, angry flashbacks of when I had to have a EA at like recess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just remember like getting so, and I was like, there was so much happening. I was pretty stressed, but like, I remember us being so mad. I'm like, I'm 15 years old. I don't need an adult following me around. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a, like, a kindergartner. Like, come on. I just remember getting so mad about it. And then they went and told my mom, cause I got mad at them and it was it's a whole it's a whole <laughs> disaster um, but I, like I may have got a little upset um but yeah and then they like they were really upset with me for getting upset with them I'm like you guys kind of need to understand the situation I don't need like if mm-hmm. I you say you can bring a friend with me why do I need to have a EA follow me too like yeah it was just a weird situation like everyone was like didn't really know what to do with me because of all of that but the EA was just like because my EA was the original one was six, So they had a, like a substitute EA or like it was another EA that typically didn't work with me as we're like my if my EA was following me around, she would be like a bit farther behind me and my friend to like right. give us some semblance of like, you know, a normal kid walking down the hallway. Yeah. But this like sub EA was like right behind me, like super overbearing, like, yes, like basically like my shadow. And that's what I got really mad. So, I'm like, you, like, give me some space. I'm 15. I don't, you're not my mom. Like, I just remember getting so mad. So, like, I found if they were ever sick, it usually would just be like a replacement EA in my case. Uh, mm-hmm. Or, like, not even, I shouldn't say replacement. It's not like a substitute teacher kind of vibe, but it's like another EA that maybe didn't, wasn't quite as needed. It Like, wherever they normally would work in the school, they would come, like, work with me for the day. Or, right. It might so, have been like two, eight, like one in the morning, a different one in the afternoon kind okay. of thing. But they always found like, Someone to fill in, I guess.
1: Was it helpful? Like, um, they, if, it,
2: it if they don't know of, you and they yeah. don't know your
1: needs and they don't know about blindness, like exactly,
2: I, I usually would have just wished that I didn't have to have a like a replacement, like a fill-in EA, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Was, like, exactly for that reason, because they didn't know how to work with me, they didn't like, they didn't really understand like what I could and couldn't do, so I always found that they tried to help too much,
1: yeah,
2: because um, like. I mean, they're only with me for the day. Like you can't fill them in on every little detail kind of thing. Um, and I don't think they were ever like, I don't think they ever talked to like my original EA. Like this is what you do for her. This is what you don't have to do for her. Mm-hmm. But I just found them very like too helpful. And then I just would find that I would get annoyed most of the time. It's like, yeah. just go away. I know what I'm doing.
1: I feel like that should be part of the training for EAs is, is how to deal with, ornery teenagers because I was the same and I feel like my my EA was so just like rolled with it because I Mm. I mean I was a good I was a good I was a good kid I was a nice kid I would never I wasn't like swearing at at adults or you know talking back but I would definitely have the eye rolls and the (laughs) Attitude, you know, as much as I could, the passive aggressiveness, probably. Yes, yep. Like it was very clear I did not want these people helping me. Mm-hmm, and I'm sure yeah. they felt it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she just <sighs> like rolled with it. She didn't, she never called me on it. She never said anything. She was yeah. lovely. And I feel so bad now. I'm
2: sorry, Sylvia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My middle
2: school EA. And then one of I had two EAs in high school. Um, and like one of them was very much like that. The other one was the one I did not get along with. Yeah. But, I was lucky in the sense that, like, most of my EAs were pretty understanding, okay, you're a teenager, like, you're moody, whatever, like. Right. And, like, I think they also understood that, like, a lot of them were really good about, like, if I said I could do it or mm-hmm. I want to try, they would let me.
1: Yeah. And, like,
2: they would, they were usually pretty good about, like, letting me ask for the help instead of jumping in,
0: mm-hmm.
2: except for the one helicopter one, <laughs> like right. said. I like that term um well, but that's yeah. the thing like
1: you also are adjusting <laughs> you're you don't want it you're you have a disability in a world in in a school environment where you're maybe the only person
2: who's blind yeah and and then yeah. being so new to it at the time too yeah. right like I went from low vision to fully blind in like six months and yeah nobody knew what to do kind of thing so totally you're you're adjusting
1: just... you don't want this help like yeah there's so many emotions that you're dealing. and even
2: with. just going from like like very like overall quite little help from the like elementary and middle school EAs being low vision not needing their help as much to like full-time EAs I'm like what (laughs) why like what's happening like I you know it was that alone was a big adjustment too because like now to have an adult everywhere with me that's annoying yeah and it should really
1: go the other way that as you get older you need less help
2: right yeah Yeah.
1: if if things are not an
2: interesting dynamic for me (laughs) yeah it's all over the place
5: yeah
3: about this like sick thing, mm-hmm. since I wasn't like a su- super high priority for them, which was fine. Like sometimes, if there was a replacement, that was one time. Like times when you get a bit of the like overbearing
5: parent thing, and I
3: like I don't blame subs obviously because they don't know the situation and whatever. But I remember being like just so embarrassed several times when they would like come up to me in class and talk to me and like you know the like babying voice oh, and be, like uh... do you need anything? And I just be like dying like. Oh, no, I'm okay. <laughs> like, please um, just go away. You know, like I know you're just really sweet person, but it's like a lot um, <laughs> when you're a teenager and everyone's staring at you. Totally. But then, like, yeah. Other times there just wouldn't be a replacement, and I remember that being kind of like
4: stressful, scary too,
3: because I was mm-hmm. a really shy kid in elementary mm. school and wasn't really you know down with the self advocacy thing yet. So when they're just like, "Oh, sorry, she's a tough love baby." Um,
0: Good luck, you, like, hope you make you it through the something. day
3: <laughs> And I remember just like looking around the room Like what do I do mm. Like my large print things aren't here Like uh, uh. uh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
4: Um, I actually Remember So sometimes when I, sometimes when EAs Are thick for me They will just Sort of throw me out on my own but the teacher usually has the a bunch of worksheets for the next like couple of weeks in the class because my braille transcriber gets the worksheets to the teachers like a week or so in advance so mm-hmm. i'm usually covered with that
5: mm-hmm.
4: and sometimes they will send someone in just from they'll just pull them out of another random class which is a bit problematic because then someone else is missing an EA. But Mm. I've had a lot of experiences with that, and it's not quite as bad in my case, I don't think, because pretty much all the EAs that I've worked with don't know anything or very little about people who are visually impaired beforehand. So I'm sort of used to explaining things, but... At the same time, there have been a few instances. Like there was one, EA who was just helping me way too much. Oh. She she offered like she told me I didn't need to do braille because that was that would be slower. So she should oh. write for me. Oh wow! <laughs> All and <right>. basically, <laughs> I Jeez. I was kind of getting frustrated, but. Okay. I always try to stay calm in these sort of <laughs> situations. So I just politely informed her thank you. I'm fifteen, I think I was at the time. Yeah, this was last year. I have been doing Braille for a long time and I can do my own work. She then proceeds to be like, Oh okay, so you're telling me I don't need to do my job?
5: Oh jeez.
4: Starts acting all oh, offended. Okay.
5: Oh, uh, yeah.
1: it is probably hard i think that people often will go into that particular job because they want to be helpful and understanding that actually the the better you are at not being needed <laughs> the better of a job you are doing you know what i mean like the role yeah. is really to get you the student to be independent to be able to do things for themselves right and just sort of yeah, fill in those gaps but
4: it's it's basically it a job the, the whole purpose your whole job is to make it easier for you to not do your job
1: right yeah do much. yourself out of a <laughs> yes. job true <Sure>. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes um well speaking of which so Keisha you're just starting university this month um do you feel prepared? Like I, I, I didn't have any kind of an EA in university. Jill, you mentioned that you, you have this access aid. Mm -hmm. Um, Acacia, do you have an access aid or are you on your own? How are you feeling about all that?
3: Um, I don't. So like, I mean, I've like applied to disability services and all that. So there's like, if I have a problem, there's a person I can contact. So I Mm -hmm. feel good about that. Mm -hmm. But like, um, For most of high school, I didn't have an EA besides in math because I like specifically requested that in my IEP. And that was really helpful because I needed help with notes and whatever. And that's fine. But for so by like grade 11, grade 12, I was already like, okay with doing like like in science, I could, you know, just ask my teacher or another student if there was something I really couldn't understand, like how to work a microscope or whatever. So Mm
5: -hmm.
3: I've been sort of doing it without an EA for the most part for a while. So I don't really feel like I'm like suddenly on my own or anything and there's still services, you know, if I need help and I know like, if I need a note taker, I can get a note taker. Or yeah. if I need like, like I've been talking to different people, like including him by beginnings about different, you know, mm-hmm. helps they've gotten. So I know like, if I need those things, I can ask for them. So I don't really feel like I'm out in the cold or anything.
1: Yeah. That's
3: It
2: seems so for me, like, when I transitioned from high school to uh, college because my um like EAs or everyone at the IEP or whatever, everyone like made all the decisions for me, like what formats would be best, what technology would be best, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. I had no idea like what I actually needed yeah. or what I, per- even what I preferred. Cause I was just like, here, here's this computer. Here's everything you need. Here's how it works. But I didn't know what, like, I'm not gonna, lie, I didn't even know what to eat. Like E-text was at that time. Or like I didn't know what any of that stuff was because no one ever explained it to me. Because they were so focused on just getting me through school. Yeah. Because again, they didn't really know what to do with a very newly fully blind kid. They were so focused on just getting me through school that and like I don't know, like I did I had a lot of o and like life skills. Um so that was a big focus. Um, but like for some technology, I mean the vision teacher at the time was not he was not a techie guy. Um, and like no one else knew accessible tech and stuff. So I just, like, we were told this is what you need and no one explained it to me. So when I went to college, so I went to two different colleges before I went to the university, I'm at where I have the access aid. Um, so like when I met up with disability services at that first college, they're like, so what do you need? I'm like, what? Like, Mm -hmm. isn't that your job to like tell me and set it up? They're like, like, I have no idea. So I remember feeling really lost and confused with that. And it was also a really tiny college, like, back in Dawson Creek. So really small. And, like, we had one person who was a disability center. So <laughs> it was super chaotic. And But uh, it, it worked out quite well because she was super nice and like, explained everything to me and helped me figure out what I preferred and what my options were. So when I transitioned to, like, university, um, I, like, knew what to ask for. I knew what I needed and what I didn't need because, like y- – like, the access aid could have been in the class with me if I needed them to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't need that. I just – all I needed her for was, like, anything visual. And, like, I took a graphic design course. So she was with me not in the lecture but the lab portion
5: because
2: mm-hmm. um, graphic design, computer programs, not accessible, very visual. Um, so, like, thankfully, I kind of learned what I did and didn't need. And then, like, this access aid, again, it's a little bit different than an EA. Because they're not like helping you learn the content or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, her whole job is just anything visual to like describe it or help me access things that aren't accessible. Like I found like the um the online library for the school to navigate really difficult. Um, so she would help me with those things, or like visual formatting of like you know APA like ha- all the stupid tiny little visual details of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I I'm lucky because I. Like not every school that I know, like they offer note takers and like that kind of stuff. But I don't know if every school does the access aid thing quite mm. like SFU does. So I'm really grateful for that because I, think- I would not be through my program. Like I'm almost on my master's and I would not be where I'm at if I didn't have her.
1: Yeah. So. I think UBC- when I went, it was tutor and I had a tutor for statistics mm. because it right. was visual and the same idea though. Yes. Yeah, so,
2: okay. Yeah. So maybe yeah. the same thing, different term, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay you
1: said that um, the access aid is a little bit different because they don't, they're not teaching you the material. I don't think EAs are supposed to be teaching you the content. They're just supposed to be supporting the learning of yeah. the classroom teacher. Um, yeah. My think, EAs
2: are probably a little overly helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But I think, I think what i meant by alluding to is like, if, you know, if the teacher was explaining, like, let's say in math, they are explaining the steps of like, an equation Mm -hmm. um, and I couldn't see that far and I couldn't follow along fast enough, then the EA would explain it, like help me learn it separately. So I think that's more of what I meant than actually like teaching me. Okay. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm sure it happens. I remember having a scribe, which would have been just some, an EA type person that I'd never met before for an exam right? and she was writing my answers, which was awful. I never, ever <laughs> want to do that again, Ugh, but, no. but she, yeah, yeah, she would say, um, are you sure? Oh, (laughs) they're not
2: allowed to do that. I know, (laughs) and I don't know whether
1: she was right or I was right. And I'm like, You don't even know, like, how do you know I'm wrong? (laughs) Yeah, no, like, anyways, it just messed with my brain a lot. I'm like, I don't ever want to do an exam this way ever again.
2: (laughs) Well, I've done that too with scribes. Yeah,
4: I had an EA in math who decided he would do that whenever I got the right answer.
1: Oh, say, are you sure?
4: (laughs) Are you you sure? I second guess myself and start rethinking it. Oh no, I hate that
2: so much. I've had like scribes too, where like, especially with um, like certain requirements for university, at least mine, you have to do so many classes of math and science and stuff. Mm Um, so I'd have scribes for like certain like who would again in our case, kind of like yours, they would actually they would write like read and write everything everything for me Mm -hmm. because I didn't know the math programs for the computer and I definitely did not know braille like braille math. Um so I had scribes and like it's kind of a weird situation because you have to trust that they're not gonna like you know, again, they shouldn't be second guessing you or your answers and they should literally just write down what you say, but you never fully know if they're doing that right. Yeah, and it's definitely a yeah. really awkward it is. Like let's hope for the best kind of thing. <laughs> so. Or even
1: like when you had to write something and you know when like you want to read it over again. What did I say? What did I write so far? And, and it's like, I have to ask you for the fourth time. Could you read it again? <laughs> Cause I'm a yes, perfectionist yeah. and I'm not sure I'm happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't remember. Ugh. Okay. So if there were any EAs listening to this podcast, not if there were, if there are any EAs listening to this <laughs> podcast, what advice would you have for them? Or what would you like to advise them what what would be helpful for future students that they're working with who are blind
2: my biggest things would just be like don't overstep uh, or you know be a helicopter ea like and just let us figure it out like figure things out for ourselves and ask if we need help don't don't assume that we're just always going to need help simply because we can't see what we're doing Mm -hmm. those are that'd be my biggest Um, thing for sure yeah.
4: yeah basically don't think that you're just there to do the students work for them, pretty much, mm-hmm. because that's what some have done. You need to know that you're there, basically, as these people you're working with are most likely, not in some cases, but a lot of the time is going to be fully functioning and independent people who can do their own work and have their own accommodations, and that they know what they're doing more than you, I guess, in... <laughs> Like, I know what I'm doing more than them in the case of Braille or my technology. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Kind of like, Jill, you made a, a point about your your school team just wanted to get you through school. Yeah. And that's not what we want, right? We're not no, just trying to get not. kids through the other side of grade 12 because, mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> Now that's you... not going to be helpful to them after Well, especially when 12. you
2: don't prepare them and you just like, okay, let's do this, this, and this, and then bye. Like, yeah. that's not going to prepare you for anything, exactly. Right? So,
1: Yeah. Acacia, <laughs> what's your advice?
2: Oh, I think just, like,
3: listen to your student, you know, and, like, just think, like, if you were a teenager or a preteen or whatever, how would you feel about whatever going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I think I think like a lot of the time people just aren't realizing like it's not in any way, you know, like so many like people just want to help, obviously. But, you know, just sort of put yourself in that situation. Like Mm -hmm. if I was a teenager, would I want to sit all by myself back here? Probably Mm, not,
1: you know. Yeah. Yeah, Remember that this. This human is a human, is a teen, is a child, a teenager before anything else. And they just happen to have a disability and you're there to help yeah. them with, you know, in this case, the visual stuff. But well, yeah, they, they should... want
2: like the best experience they like they can and should get from being in like what, like, you know, in that school, in that grade, mm-hmm. like, you know, school and high school especially is crazy and complicated enough, <laughs> let alone yeah, having... Yeah to like also already be a little like stand out a little bit because you have a visual impairment but then also like have it be like extra extra because you have like an ea all the time mm-hmm. like, you do kind of stand out so just i think i also like I, I, the idea of like stepping back both figuratively figuratively and literally like you don't need to sit with them all the time yeah and like you don't have to do everything for them just like i don't know, let them be a kid let them be a teen let them get those experiences and ask for help when they need it and I don't know. Why is that so complicated? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs)
1: totally. And, and school is more than just academics. There's all the social aspect too. And having this, I don't, I'm also thinking about sort of what it teaches the other kids when this adult is doing everything for you, then Mm. this whole classroom of kids learns that, Oh, blind people can't open their own lunchbox or whatever you know pull out their own chair or put on their own jacket I'm being extreme here but I'm sure there are
2: cases I've never had yeah
3: no I do just want to put in I've had
2: that actually
3: oh my gosh (laughs) like sometimes there are situations where I like could not find people to be in a group with because I just couldn't see like everyone else is making Mm. eye contact yeah and then I'd like ask my cea like I can't find a group can you help me and like that's totally fine like there are situations where you Mm -hmm. know you might yeah. have to do stuff like that and that's totally fine but like yeah you know listen to the
4: Okay another thing is that sometimes my EAs will I'm just sitting there doing my work and then they will start asking me about the work I've done which is sort of distracting from the work I'm currently doing
5: mm-hmm.
4: so yeah. that I sort of stop doing my work to sort of go over with them what i've been doing
1: (laughs) right because they can't read braille so they don't know what you're working on which is sort of a warped thing i feel like it's it's sort of ironic that an ea wouldn't be able to access the material that you're using but I, I had them yeah. do that to
2: me once, but I had my laptop screen darkened and I was actually online. <laughs> so that one was warranted. But, <laughs> okay. Uh, any kids that are listening, uh, don't do that. Bad, bad. Yeah. No. Don't listen to Jill. <laughs> no, not that one. Too funny. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much, all of you, for joining me today to share about your experiences. I think this will be really helpful to parents and to... EAs, if they're listening, we hope they are. Um, Yeah. Thank you. I think this has been really interesting and and helpful.
2: Yeah. Thank you.
1: You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please share a podcast, like, subscribe, leave us a rating and join us next time.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow, production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted, along with their families, Visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca and also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time.